Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Another Monday, another podcast. I'm another super Monday, excited. Another podcast and everyone going, Jesus, can you just say it's Wednesday? And no, we can't. <laughs> no. It's not Wednesday. Nope. For it's, us, it's Monday. Yep. That's way too complicated for my brain to handle. I had I had a rough weekend because it started out rough on Friday. Yeah. And I don't want to get too into it because I will cry. But I had such a productive weekend. That it like it turned things around. It really did. Like yeah. Friday I didn't want to do anything when I got home. And I was like, I'm just I'm just done with everything. Like, screw this. I'm I'm just sitting on the couch. And basically for Friday eve Friday evening mostly and the first part of Saturday morning, it was like Night Rider and junk food. That was <laughs> and you know what? I'm just gonna say Night Rider and junk food fixes a lot in the world. I'm just gonna say it. But I finished this one of the simplest pieces I've done in a really long time, but it was I've never had a piece come out so perfect. Is that the the cutting board? Yeah, the cheese. That the cheese board, board sorry. is cheese board. one of my I, favorite things I've ever made. I, I I don't know what it is about it. It's the combination. It's the shape. It's uh, definitely yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites as well, Vincent. It came out amazing, man. Thank you. So today, somebody actually said, "I'm going to need you to make one of those for me." Right. Like, oh, oh yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, because I tell you what, yeah, that went from that went from concept to product. Um, she got in touch with me Wednesday night. And it went out UPS today. Mm-hmm. Like I did that thing in a hurry because it, you know, it's, I thought it was a Father's Day thing. Turns out it was not, but it's okay. She gave me plenty of time. She usually does when she yeah. orders, but she gave me plenty of time, so she got it way quicker than she thought she was going to. And I am just so happy with the, the, the feedback I'm getting. You guys that are giving me feedback on this thing, thank you so much. My ego <laughs> booming right now. I it's, am like, isn't it funny though? Like, th- like sometimes. I mean, I've definitely had that with mm-hmm. where I plan out a project, I overthink it, and I spend way too much time designing and stressing about all the little details. And then the projects that I just kind of like, and I don't know, I'm not saying that this is what you did, but oh no, I did. The, yeah, the Go projects where I kind of just wing it uh-huh. are sometimes the best ones. And like, and you know, it's just kind of it's a little bit of like trust your instincts, right? Yep. yep. Um, when you start thinking too much, then you kind of you kind of you know push down your initial instincts and sometimes those are the best so I'll yeah tell you, I, that thing's awesome no do you like i don't know about how hard it is to get that shape but i mean i could see you making um like an acrylic template to sell for that shape too it's weird because that shape was a <laughs> this is why i t- i jokingly for those of you listening and not ethan um i actually told ethan i'll never make that be able to make that shape again like i don't even know how that shape just kind of i just kind of put pencil to wood and just kept sketching until i got a shape i liked and then for those of you who like to make fun of us cnc owners i did not use any robots except the glowforge and it was only for the engrave everything else was done on the bandsaw with a sander and a forstner bit yep i I don't want to hear nothing (laughs) right right yeah nothing yeah before awesome. we before we get to, I guess I do just want to point one thing out before I forget, because I always have these things I want to mention, and I always end up forgetting them by the time we get to the part of the show where we do the housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday night, I was um, I was 
sitting on the couch and watching Knight Rider because this is all I do now, by the way, I just Apparently, sit on the yeah. couch and watch Knight Rider. Um, but Thursday night I was sitting on the couch watching Knight Rider and I had my iPad in my hands and I'm working on some stuff and I'm sketching and moving stuff around and I pull up illustrator and I start tweaking something and I'm like, I'm not ready to go to bed yet. And the reason I wasn't ready to go to bed is because I was like, you know what? It's time to work on the website. And I wasn't even tired Wednesday night, uh, Thursday night. So it was a perfect, perfect opportunity to just stay up until I could fall asleep and work on the website until I was exhausted. So I jumped on and I had the company of our good friend, Justin bare naked, um, who was working on his latest video. And I was chatting with him on Discord. And as I was doing it, I was editing the website, editing the website. And by the time I went to bed Thursday night, we had a brand new website. So if you have a minute, just head over to becausewemake.com and tell me what you think. Because I really like the way it looks now. Like before it was just, it was the first website. We spun it up super quick just so we had a website. But now I feel like it it is kind of on brand the the, mm-hmm. the color coordination is right the logo is replicated throughout the site it, it looks it looks fantastic yeah thank you i am yeah. really really happy with this so if you have a minute head on over check out our new and improved website which actually when we tell you to leave a review now there's a link in the menu to leave us a review and you just ah. click it and it takes you to the page to do it so you don't even have to find places that you can leave us a review <laughs> So in other words, no more excuses. Leave us some damn reviews. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, yep. So when you have a second, check that out. Now, we do have a guest today. Yes, we do. An we do. One. So one of the things that as creators, content creators, makers, and all that we always complain about is the algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. We all, we're always bitching about, you know, this doesn't come up in search. And, you know, sometimes I'll load up Instagram and, you know, I'll, I won't even know somebody's alive until I go to their profile and I see they've been posting for the last six weeks and I didn't even know. In fact, I don't know if you saw, but an article actually came out. Dave Bauer shared it on the Discord and it was really, really cool. Um, they explained They explained the entire, not the entire, but the basics of the Instagram algorithm. And it was an Instagram blog post. Um, it was really interesting. One of the things, <laughs> one of the things that set me off in the discord was people were talking about how, well, we, we see the way you interact and we try to predict what you want to see. And I'm just like, stop trying to predict what I want. Just if I subscribe to someone, I want to see them. That's, that's mm-hmm. the rule. Right. But sometimes the, the algorithm really nails it. And in the case of our guests, that's what happened because, Instagram, um, YouTube suggested our guest and said, Hey, you might be interested. And you know what? They were damn right. Our guest this week is the wonderfully talented Erica from Painted Gypsy Design. Hi, Erica. How are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the show as one of the most talented, interesting, and diversified people that I follow on YouTube (laughs) because you cover so much stuff on your channel and it's, it's, it's fantastic that it's not just, you know, oh, I'm going to show you 50 different ways to do this same project over and over again. You really do. You have dipped your toe into some new stuff like stay, like productivity stuff and online business stuff and right. pricing, yeah. pricing, <laughs> pricing, I'm which trying. is I'm trying. It's hard to, you know, try everything, but I try to try everything at least once and then share my knowledge with everyone. So maybe I can 
help someone else avoid some of the mistakes that I've learned along the way, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think uh, what I'm, what I'm amazed at is that you, you do have a variety in the type of videos that you put out. You put out like how to videos in terms of like how to make something, but then you also do these like business videos. And it, one of the things that struck me is that it doesn't feel disjointed, which I think is a common thing. Like most people, mm-hmm. you know, most channels are like, I'm going to do this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or, or I'm going to kind of distinguish this video, this type of video versus this type of video. So my audience knows what I'm coming with or whatever. And it feels very natural to when switching from one type of video to another on your channel. And I, I think that's, I think that you just have a good brand on that. Thank you. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. And I've never agreed with I feel like a lot of YouTubers, influencers, content creators, whatever you want to label them as, um, I feel like everyone preaches niche down right. and focus mm-hmm. on one thing. And I've never agreed with that because like there's just so much that I want to do. And I feel like there's so much that I want to learn. And I want to try at least one time to say I, I did. And if I end up liking it, then great. And I can keep doing it and learning more. But also, I feel like a lot of the things that I'm showing people how to do is stuff that they can sell, which kind of goes hand in hand with business. So mm-hmm. um, it just felt very natural to make both types of video because those videos are the type of people that my channel's attracting and they have small businesses and they're making those products. So um, I love that. Yeah, and I, wonder, I mean, I, 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 and we've talked about it before, but I wonder, like, it's I think there's also a level of setting expectations for your audience that can really benefit in that sense, right? Absolutely. So if you set the stage early that you're not going to just do one type of thing, then th- then you don't pigeonhole yourself into only having that audience, right? right? Then you don't yeah. get stuck in that box. And I feel like I yeah. have a lot of friends that I've met on YouTube and Instagram that have like done that and it's taken them years to kind of like rebrand themselves and get out of that box. Once you establish yourself in something, it's kind of hard to wiggle your way out of that. Right. It's typecasting, right? Basically. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's a really good, that's a really good comparison. That is what it is. It's typecasting. And a lot of those channels, you know, they go away after a while because people's interests, I mean, I've talked about recently that my interests have kind of shifted more towards people that are doing more artistic things Mm -hmm. and less of the, you know, if somebody's building a deck, I'm not going to disrespect the skill level in building a deck. I think building a deck is an amazing thing. And if you're able to do it good on you, but I'm probably not going to watch that video. And it's just because I'm burnt out on those kind of videos. Mm -hmm. Like um, uh, some people have been filming their shop moves and their house moves. And it's like, okay, cool. When you're done, and you're back to making your normal <laughs> videos, I'm more than happy to watch, you know? Right. But there are a lot of people that do get stuck in these crazy ruts. Mm-hmm. And you, you, those are the channels you get tired of because it's like, oh, I kind of know what's coming now. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting this. But the nice thing is when you can kind of... I like that your channel is more of a, yeah, what is she going to do this week? Is she going to... Is it going to be a business chat? Is it going to be, <laughs> is it going to be making stickers? Is it going to be tumblers? You know, you've done, what's amazing is the number of different ways you've done tumblers and mugs and cups. And it's like, you know, she's still finding new ways to make this interesting, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. So yeah, half the time, I don't even know what I'm going to film until <laughs> the day that I'm filming it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear well, But look- I, I think the, the other thing, Vincent, though, is, and we talk, we've talked about it a ton, but it's the through line, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's always a through line with all of, all of your videos where I think that's part of what makes it make sense to subconsciously to the viewer, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there is a 
I'm making things to sell in my small business and that my small business has, you know, roadblocks and things that I have to overcome. So here are my recommendations for that. You know, it is, it's full circle, but it's all connected in a, in a way that works. Right. For sure. I, that's actually something that's, that's a good place to start because I noticed your channel seems to be focused as much as it can be focused on things that people can make with not a lot of investment necessarily. I mean, there is a lot of cricket use, but a cricket, I mean, if you're making stuff to sell, a cricket is a trivial expense. You can get a cricket for 180 bucks. And yeah. I'm not saying 180 bucks is nothing. Don't hate, but I'm just <laughs> saying that 180 bucks when you're making stuff to sell, it's a couple of good sales and you're done. You, you paid for it. Right. Yeah. But your stuff is incredibly approachable. You don't go bananas with supplies and expensive stuff. I think the most expensive thing I've ever seen you use is resin. Um, You don't go crazy with that. Your supplies are affordable. Your projects are, I mean, yeah, of course, if you have more skill, they're going to turn out better. But they seem to be approachable from all skill levels. Do you kind of, I know you said you kind of figure out what you're going to record on the day you're going to record. But do you kind of put that through the Erica filter before you start doing it where it's like, okay, I want to do a fabric wrapped tumbler, right? How do I make this make sense? Is this something that I can make approachable for people? Or do you just go project first and then we figure everything else out later? Um, so to be completely honest, I have like this long list of ideas um, in my notes in my phone. And anytime mm-hmm. I see something on a YouTube channel or an Instagram, or I'm just like inspired by something, I'll just write that down and then I'll just kind of develop that further. So like the fabric tumblers, I've seen those since day one of my tumbler making, like those have been a thing mm-hmm. for a while, but I just kind of realized that like, there's just so many, I feel like people make things more difficult than they need to be. And they buy like the most expensive thing. And I was just so tired of seeing that myself, like before I even started my YouTube channel, learning from other people's tutorials. And then they just automatically recommend like the most expensive Mod Podge or the most expensive resin or mm-hmm. all these expensive right. supplies. And I hated that. I hated that. Yeah. I just want to try it. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. I don't know if I'm going to turn around and sell it. What if I'm no good at it? Whatever the reasoning is, I wanted to do things that other people could, you know, like you, you hit the hill, you hit the head on the nail very well. As far as I want to make videos that people can watch one time, they can, they have a fair grasp understanding of it they can get it done maybe not make a huge investment out of it maybe they don't need um a huge like skill set to do that um or the knowledge to do that but just watching one video and a couple of recommendations of supplies or tools that i use or whatever um and i try to like link all the supplies that i use and i always try to find like if it's not the cheapest it's like the mid-grade because sometimes the cheapest Mm -hmm. isn't the best obviously you get what you pay for Mm -hmm. but I just want to recommend things that people can use. Like you don't have to pay top dollar to do crafts. You don't have to invest in the best equipment to have the best t-shirt business or whatever. Like there's always a cheaper alternative that you can do and you can upgrade your business that, you know, as you go or whatever. And I feel like a lot of people that watch my channel, some of them don't even have small businesses, but they're thinking about opening small businesses Mm -hmm. and they're just starting crafts the first time. So I just try to make it, you know, easy and affordable as I can. So I just try to think of ideas that are very approachable that people can 
learn right off the bat and are confident in doing their first time. They're not like scared out of their mind to do something because they just spent a hundred dollars on a gallon worth of epoxy. You know what I mean? Right. And that's something that I don't think I've seen. Cause I watch a lot of video. I mean, Ethan also, I mean, mm-hmm. part of, part of the, the quote, what I like to call it research, but let's be honest. It's also what we do because we're nerds, but I watch <laughs> a lot of YouTube. Yeah. And the one thing I've noticed with a lot of the craft, the crafting community in particular, which I'm relatively new to, but I'm starting, I'm starting to see trends in two directions, right? I'm seeing trends more in the direction you're in. And I see a lot of trending of these incredibly elaborate crafting rooms. And I'm not talking about like a room in your house that you do crafts in. That's normal. That's fine. I have no problem with those rooms. Right. I'm talking about the people that like, you know, those, I always think of these cabinets, you know, the cabinets I'm talking about (laughs) where they're like the size of an armoire, they're gigantic. And you open two doors and everything is organized. The whole the room is sold out. <laughs> yes, yes. And so I was like, you know, because I'm looking at I'm looking at moving into and, you know, probably a smallish apartment. So I'm like, that would be perfect for me. And I see these things on YouTube all the time. So I'm like, and now I'm starting because I clicked once. God help me. I'm now getting those ads on Instagram like constantly. Yeah. But I'm like, these things are so cool. How much do they cost? Yeah. And they're like three grand. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Three grand for a closet? Mm-hmm. And I, I started realizing that a lot of the people, and this is I just this is what brought it back to the way you approach your stuff, but a lot of the people that I've been watching, as talented as they are, are way out of my league as far as the stuff they're spending money on. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's so bizarre. Like, and if I'm looking at it now, we do this. One of you know, we always talk about woodworking is a good example. You know, the tools in woodworking can go from, you know, Ryobi all the way up to Hilti. You know, you can mm-hmm. go from crazy cheap to crazy expensive. And we always talk about how you don't need those tools and you don't, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is when you see everyone using them, you start right. to it starts to program you almost like yeah. oh, if I don't have, you know, a fold out craft room in a box, then I'm I'm messy and disorganized and everything's a disaster and I'm going to fail at this. And I like when it's not that way for some, you know, particularly yeah. your stuff. I mean, you, you did two videos about your, you had your office tour and you had your craft room tour yeah. and neither one of those were like these bonkers thing. And they looked really cool. They were really well organized. Yeah. But they're not these disasters that I, I keep half seeing. Half the furniture like, I had was like stuff that I already had. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to build my room around stuff that I have. I'm not going to go out and buy. I don't make enough money to go out and buy a whole entire, you know, like office furniture set and like make it look all matching and great. Like, I mean, you can update and repaint anything as many times as you want, which is pretty much what I do. But mm-hmm. I did buy some furniture pieces, but... Um, I mean, you have to buy something, right? Right. Well, I was, you know, I've obviously like I've upgraded my business and Mm -hmm. I've, I need more storage space. I'm always running out of storage space. Like every month, every time I get more supplies that come in in the mail and my husband's like, oh, okay, what shelving unit do we have to go buy this time? (laughs) It's always, what room are you taking over the house this time? Every single, every single month. Oh, that's great. I, I, I think it's also, it's, it, you need to build your, you know, your furniture, your tools, uh, tool set or whatever, as you grow your business, because you don't necessarily know where, where your yes, interest is going to go. Exactly. And, you're, you know, and and the other thing too, is I'm always amazed, like people are always amazed. They reach out about getting, you know, what leather working tools do I need? 
and I and I and I always send them. I send them like a twenty dollar mm-hmm. leatherworking kit off of Amazon, and I'm like, listen, I I for the first year and a half, I did all my leatherworking. I used the like a kit like this, not that exact kit usually, but like a similar one. And I said, as I got more into what I liked making out of leather, then I would upgrade those to those tools. So you might find that you hate hand stitching, then like the right approach is to start thinking about a machine versus really high end uh, pricking irons. But you can get away with like if you're if you spend the time to do the craft well, you don't need the high end uh, stitching uh, pricking irons. It just make the prick, the high end ones make it easier. Doesn't make the quality better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing too is like uh, it, I I always think about woodpecker tools. And yep, I'm not a wood I'm not a woodworker. I mean, I do woodworking, but I'm not a woodworker. And but what I imagine is I could probably get the same results with stuff from Lowe's or Home Depot. What I imagine is it makes it a little bit more precise or it makes it easier to be more precise with woodpecker That's tools. That's what it is. That's and it makes exactly your job easier. It, it doesn't make the end result necessarily better. If you do a crappy job with woodpecker tools, your project is going to be crappy. And you spent a lot on the tools. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that's the thing. It, but I, I'm kind of going in circles. But it's it's about also about just figuring out what you need to upgrade with your process as you go. You don't need to have everything day one. Figure out what you what avenue you want to go to and then upgrade those specific tools for that specific thing. Right. Exactly. Were you were you always were you always artistic and crafty or cuz I tend to find so there's it's is weird when we talk to woodworkers, right? A lot of the woodworkers we talk to are some are lifelong, but most of them are like, oh no, I started woodworking a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But then when we talk to people who are like painters, photographers, or even you know the people we've had on that are more in the crafting space on YouTube, they've been crafting in some form or another pretty much <laughs> since they were old enough to hold a bottle of glue. Yeah. So, um, which one of those? Are, <laughs> which one of those is where you're at? I've been a lifelong crafter pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. I started painting when I was really young. My grandma was um, a painter, um, not like as her full-time job, but like as a hobby and stuff. Mm -hmm. And my mom was always like super artistic and crafty. Like I grew up watching like Martha Stewart tutorials, like before, you know, YouTube was even a thing. And I've always been super crafty and artistic. Um, And now like, you know, they would argue that I'm like the more crafty one of the family because I've kind of like outcrafted all of them. They all all honed in on like their crafts and they kind of stuck with the same crafts their whole life. Whereas like I see something that's cool and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make that at least once, you know? Right. But yeah, yeah, I've pretty much always been that way. Do you have like craft ADD? (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah. ADD, ADHD, (laughs) like the whole nine. I can't yeah. tell you how many things I've like bought, like even just like the starting kits. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do this. And then I do it one time and I'm like, yep, that's not for me. And then I just go on to the next craft. Like it's always something new. I just get tired and bored of like doing the same things over and over, you know? I was talking I to, you. I was talking to Emily Joyce. I was talking to Emily Joyce and it's, it's the funniest thing happened. And it it's, th- I think this is why I like you, Erica. Because I swear, I think you speak to my soul in some ways. <laughs> so I was talking to Emily Joyce and I was, I'm in the process. I'm going to work on a jewelry project. It's the first metal jewelry project I've done in 
I think, yeah, 27 years because it was 1994 when I graduated. The year I graduated high school was the last time I worked with metal making jewelry. And I was talking to her and I'm like, yeah, I, I have everything. I have everything. I got, the, I got torch. I got silver solder. I have the metal. I have, I bought some cubic zirconias. I have everything I need to make this thing. I said, the only thing I don't have. Okay. Remember the only thing I don't have is flux. I was like, I need some flux so I can, for the soldering. I was like, do you have any you recommend? Cause you know, you can't, I could go into, I could go into Michael's and get some, but it's way more expensive there than it needs to be. And I don't yeah. need it today. So I can wait. So she's like, yeah, hold on a second. So she comes back with this brand and she goes, this is the one I use. It's on Amazon. It's super cheap, but you know what? You're just, you're just doing small bits of silver soldering with it. It's fine. Just get this. I'm like, all right, awesome. I go on Amazon and it says, you ordered this item in October of 2019. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Okay. So I apparently already had this thought. And then I went downstairs to my shop and sure enough, where I, you know what the craziest part is, where I would expect it to be, you can bet it was right there. And I took it out. I'm like, look at you. I didn't even know you were down here. So yeah, I had all the stuff I needed to do this. And all the etching, I have the ferric chloride to do the etching. I literally have every single part of this. The only part of it I don't seem to have lately is time. Yeah. It's, yeah. But yeah, it's crazy exactly. because when you said, you know, you have all these starter kits and things mm-hmm. that you're going to yeah. do, I'm like, yep, I buy supplies for, for projects that just never – you know, they will eventually get done. I'm not one of those people where I just buy stuff and it just sits and never gets done. Oh, no. Done. Yeah, it's just a matter of yeah. time. But, yep. you know, it was like when I got all the sublimation stuff, the printer and all that. It's like, okay, that sat here for a month before I was able to actually look at <laughs> yeah. it. But I had it. You know, yep, when I was ready, it was mine. here. Yep. <laughs> but, well, Vincent, I've, I've had canvas, a uh, thing of wax, and a dedicated mini uh, crock pot. Uh, to do wax can- to make wax canvas oh, for probably oh. about two two and a half years, and I guarantee oh, that. But then, but then, um, uh, Leanne and Nick sent me the wax canvas from Hemlock and Hot. They sent me uh, some wax canvas, so now I'm like never going to get to it because now I have this amazing wax canvas that they sent me. So I, there's no motivation well, for it. No, but- no, no, Ethan. I'm going to give you motivation. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to give you some motivation. Here's your motivation. Do you know Jamie Seal from Seal Made? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jamie is freaking awesome. She is an amazingly talented um, bag maker in Mm -hmm. the Cleveland area. She's, if you guys aren't following her, you need to follow her. She's freaking amazing. And she's one of the coolest people I know. And her and I were chatting the other day. And she's working on, she's working on a navy blue bag. And why is she working on a navy blue bag? Because her supplier for black waxed canvas told her that the earliest, remember, the earliest that they will have it back in stock is the beginning of December. Oh, my gosh. So my advice to you, Ethan. Is start selling it. Start selling this. <laughs> like, figure out how to dye that canvas yeah. and let Jamie know. <laughs> Jamie, right, I know Jamie good. listens to the show, too. I know she's listening right now just laughing that we're talking about her. That's but so funny. It's crazy because there's just a shortage of this stuff. And apparently wax canvas has become the hot item that everybody wants to get and cannot get their hands it, it's, on. It, it is super cool. I, again, I haven't, I haven't actually made anything with it yet, but I like it is. But. And I've watched a ton of videos on how to do it, but it basically you just like wipe it, like brush it on and then mm-hmm. use a heat gun to kind of like melt it that's into it. it. And it's it. That's it. And that's then it. you got this. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah. I, I, it's, it, that's, that's 
Absolutely. But I also have a tub and I actually just put things in it tonight. Um, I have like two of those huge like Tupperware tubs, you know, mm-hmm. like um, full of those things that I've ordered. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to do something with these someday. But I need to get it out of my shop, my, you know, tiny, tiny shop. But oh, yeah, oh. It's, it is. It is a struggle, though, because it's just like there's so I think one of the characteristics that we all have as makers is like, we want to do, a t- we, we want to try everything. We want to mm-hmm. do it all. <laughs> we want to do it all. But yeah. then we, and then the reality is we, we can't. Don't have time. We don't have time to do <laughs> right. it all. <laughs> right. Well, and it's, 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 it's harder. And I know, you know, like Erica, you run a business with yourself. I, I can imagine it's even harder because a lot of times, and I, I think we, I talked about it, was it last week or the week before that me and Lindsay or, and me and Emily have had these conversations where we're talking about, you know, the, the commissions versus the personal, you know, right. passion projects where you, you always end up putting the passion projects aside because yeah. you need to get the commission work done. Um, do you, do you run into yeah. that also? Like, do you find yourself putting your passion and how, projects and how, aside? And how do you balance that? Yeah. And how do you, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. Yeah, that, that is a really good question. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I really struggle with balancing. Um, and it's so funny because like I just posted, um, a video yesterday about like, all the struggles of like running a small business, like working at home in general. And like, that was like one of the biggest point was like balancing like my small business, like with my YouTube channel and stuff and trying Mm -hmm. to like avoid distractions and focusing and all that. Cause I still struggle with that. And I feel like every few months I just kind of have to like redo my entire like routine and work schedule and refigure it all out. Cause I feel like I can just look at yes, it and say, yes. what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because right. I'm always struggling with that. And I, and it's so funny because now, um, that I've been YouTubing for over a year now and I'm actually like making an income from it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm making more with like YouTube and affiliate marketing and all that stuff than I am with like my sales now. Like it's outmatched my, all oh, my wow. sales. On, wow. So like, t- the scale tip. Yes. But I still yeah. feel like I put YouTube on the back burner all the time because it's like, that's like a real human being. That's like a customer. And it's right. like, my subscribers are real humans too. And I, I love them, but also that's like yeah. someone that bought something like they wanted, they want me to make that. They bought it from me for a reason. I can't disappoint them. So then it's like, oh, okay, well I'll just stay up all night and record this video edit this video real fast <laughs> so i can post it tomorrow so that i can get these items shipped out tomorrow too like that it's insane it's insane i, I kill myself like every week it's something but yeah um that, that, i definitely struggle with that that's something i i mean i had never i hadn't really thought about that until just now when you said that is there is something that is like the tangible person that is ordering something to me that's so much more real than a follower or a subscriber yeah, right? right but yeah though that's that's i don't know i'm i'm my thought process obviously is not here but it is <laughs> that is a very interesting thing though because when when that scale tips there i don't know i get a lot of enjoyment out of giving someone a physical person something that i made I like too. i put a lot of like value that, that, in that satisfaction of like the yes. customer like giving you whether they give you a review or they just like share it to their instagram story like it's like that warm oh, they send you like a nice back. note yeah right. but or you know the, an email back or just like right. you get another sale a month later and like oh so-and-so referred me to you like they really recommended your stuff or whatever like that's but how do you huge... deal with that when when the scale tips yeah. and you actually can make more money <laughs> oh, doing the yeah, YouTube? It's so it's yeah. so hard, and I feel like my husband mm. is constantly like telling me like I need to 
try to like find the balance and it's it's obviously it's easier said than done and he doesn't have a youtube channel so he can you know be quiet about that but (laughs) anyway anyway i feel like it's just it's really hard like you don't want to disappoint that person but also i kind of look at it like okay yes i have that many subscribers like yes that many people subscribe to me but in reality how many of those subscribers like went and followed me on my other social media or even commented or liked the video Maybe they just subscribe because they saw one video and they've never watched a video since then. Whereas like that customer like came to me and bought something. So it's like, it's like, but, it takes, wait, but it's, when you're it, talking about money, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm not stuff. I take priority. Like I take the customers as a priority over that, but I think, and I don't blame getting, you for that. Don't get me wrong. No, like I'm, I sure. totally, I'm, I'm empathizing with you about that because I, 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 I would have the same struggle right now. I don't make, I don't make anywhere close to the amount of money on YouTube that I do on sales. So right. it's, but, it, but I could see that being a real kind of a, me being, you know, a, a tug of war when yeah. I got to that point where that where it tips. Yeah. Especially when like, a, like, I feel like the majority of my products are handmade. I feel like there's very few things that I've outsourced. Like the, out, really right. the stickers are the only thing that I've <laughs> outsourced because I can design that and then I don't have to do that again. But like everything else that I sell, I hand make myself. And and nothing, you take pride in that too. Nothing, yeah, absolutely. And nothing right. takes a day to make. Everything that I make right. like takes days if not a Mm -hmm. week to make like so it's like ah you know I I really struggle with that but I feel like it may come to the point where I will just have to not sell as much stuff or maybe just have like you know custom like tumblr options or something like on my website but maybe offer like you know a certain amount of spots a month and once it fills up it fills up maybe just try to downgrade the amount of products I'm selling and then just focus more on YouTube. I think that's where I'm going towards at this point. I wonder um, how many, so I wonder hard. how many people struggle with that. Cause I, oh, I a lot. oh, I'm sure a ton. a ton. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I think that's a very, and, and I've struggled with it, even though I'm not making tons of money at content content is where I, I want to go. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I know like there's tons of us makers that you're like, even if you're, intention is content when you make things people reach out and want to buy them and and when you're trying to make money like (laughs) you do that right and and and, like i said before i do enjoy it like i really there's a lot of satisfaction is knowing that something i made is making someone else happy right right it's like instant gratification too but you get into this where you have you get into it kind of doing both and then you have to at some point you do have to kind of decide what you want to do do you want to be a content creator do you want to be a producer and i think i think it's really hard to do both long term oh Oh, yeah for sure a hundred percent a hundred percent there were a lot of people there were a lot of people and you know i i was um this week's episode of clamp was actually a really good one for me like i really liked this week's episode of clamp it was fantastic grant adam and morley had an amazing conversation one of the things i realized listening to it is they are playing a different game from what i'm playing Okay. And, you know, and that's fine. You know, that's we're, we're just, it's a different, it's a different world, right? They're playing the content creation game and mm-hmm. they're all playing it really well. They're, they're, they're figuring out what they need to do. They're kind of adjusting their game plans and doing the things they need to do to grow a content creation business. For me, I went almost a week and a half without posting on Instagram right. because I just didn't have time. Like, it's like, I, I got to make stuff. I got to actually get the stuff done and get it out to people. Right. So it's it's, it's can, a way of supporting your 
business. Yeah. See, yeah. for me, so it's it's interesting because that's when you're you know it's not just a matter of flipping your focus; it's a matter of flipping everything. Yeah. Because when you become content centered, you're not just you're not just posting on YouTube. You're posting on YouTube. You're interacting in your comments. You're promoting on social media, all over social media, trying to get traffic to your YouTube. You know, whereas someone like me, it's like if my social media were to die tomorrow, I'd take a hit to my business, but I'd still be in business. Right. You know, if you're if you're a content creator and you take a hit to your business and you take a big hit and everyone unsubscribes, you're dead. Right. That's you're everything. Dead. It's over. That's it. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing left. It's it's not just a matter of flipping your your which way you balance things. It's a matter of oh right. no, this needs to be everything. Like this okay. is everything now. And that's why I don't, I never see anyone, it's rare to see anyone that has anything but an inventory store that also does content creation. By an inventory store, I mean they have a shop where they have a bunch of inventory that's pre made Mm -hmm. and that's selling. Well, I mean, you just, I mean, just look at Jimmy Dressa. What Jimmy Dressa is doing, I mean, he's basically outsourcing his production now with the Dressa outpost. He designs the stuff and then says, it's your job guys. Yeah. It's your job. It, yep. But, but the, the, there is a difference there because, and he, and he said it on, on his podcast. I mean, he's got, he built up the mm-hmm. audience and the, you know, the fan base where that's, he can do that, which is uh-huh. not. Same not something. It's not something everybody can do by the way. No, no. Right. The, the other thing though, I, and I'm, Again, I'm thinking about this as we we're talking about this. I think some of the times that I've gotten, I felt the most burnt out is when when both of those things are uh, fighting each other. Yeah, and or be- when they're the most balanced. Yeah, yeah. right. I hate I guess, to say yeah. it, but when right. they're, when you know you say fighting each other, but I see it as they're both pulling on you equally, and it's like, wait, no, which one? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. one do you go no, to? Yeah. Exactly, right, right. Yeah, yeah. If, if neither of them are going very well, then if one not, isn't winning. Not if other, one right? isn't they're winning, you're sucking. in trouble. Right. You're in big trouble if one of them is not pulling stronger to kind of say, no, no, over here now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when your mom and your dad are trying to get you to go, and you're like, one of them grabs you by the ear. Well, you're going with the one that grabs you by the ear because they're grabbing you by the ear. Right. You know, sometimes these things need to grab you by the ear a little bit. But that's, but yeah, no, that's definitely, I, I th- and I, I don't think I ever realized that until this moment is that I think that is when I get burnt out, it's because of that, because I'm mm-hmm. trying to do both and, and I don't know which. Well, and it's also on. a product of wanting to do them well, right? It's yeah, like, of course. You don't want right. to, you don't want to half-ass something and then go, okay, well, congratulations. That's done. I don't, I never look at done as my end goal. Mm-hmm. Like I just I can't I I I I used to when I was younger I was the kid that would you know was handwriting you know we were doing penmanship in school and we would be writing letters and it's like okay f- fold your page in four okay now go all the way down A B C D all the way down to the bottom and I didn't give a damn if it was borderline illegible I just wanted to get it done <laughs> and I used to just rail down the page and it was a complete mess it looked like a chicken stepped in ink and ran across the page <laughs> and you know that was how I did things because I didn't care I wanted them done I wanted them done 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 was the goal mm-hmm. I don't think that way anymore and in fact even you know we talked about it last week I had that project I had to start over right and I only started over because my own quality control kicked in yeah it you know I I reckon if I had really 
focused on make, covering up that mistake and sending it out, I'm pretty sure that my customer would have been happy with it. Right. I wouldn't have been happy with yeah. that. That's, that's right. the creator in yourself. You exactly. know? You're your own worst critic. And I, I always say that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you, you work, you know, you want your stuff to be representative of all your stuff. When I send out one cutting mm -hmm. board, I'm not sending out one cutting board. I'm sending right. out the most dramatic and concrete example of my work to someone who I want to come back and buy more. Exactly. It's not, it's not just the thing that's an advertisement for all the other things. And if that thing isn't good, well, if you make crap cutting boards, they're not going to come back to you and say, well, let's see how you do with coasters. They're going to be like, I'm not going back to this guy. This right. guy sucks. <laughs> so. You know, and as we're talking about all this too, it just, it reminds me, I, th it, I think we might've already mentioned it, but it might've been before we started recording. So, um, <laughs> but your latest ver uh, video, Erica, about productivity mm -hmm. was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and it's uh, because it, it, it does kind of help you think about how working from home. So it's, I mean, the, and you can, you can correct me. And, uh, but it's, it's kind of like working from home or working with your, for your own business. How do you stay kind of motivated, but also how do you kind of organize your time mm -hmm. to, to not get into what we're talking about where you, you're, you just feel overwhelmed and nothing, you know, you don't do anything well versus right. doing one thing. Well, putting that to the side and doing another thing. Well, and yeah, I just thought it was a really good video. I mean, what what sparked that video? Is there something that like that you experienced, or is it just kind of like, uh, I've had I had these thoughts, and I I should yeah, share. Yeah, so it was basically I had been having those thoughts for like a long time, and I've um, I mean, you guys know, like I do a lot of like crafting tutorials, but I also tie that in with like small business stuff because I run my small business also. Um, so I feel like a lot of people have messaged me and commented me and said like things that they've struggled with. And of course they're all things that I related to on some level or, or another, whether it's, you know, family, not being supportive, just having distractions at home. Like you have your kids at home because you're a stay at home mom and trying to run your small business or whatever. Like I get so many messages and comments from people with distractions or like just the daily struggles that they struggle with, whether they're a YouTuber, a content creator, or they're just a small business owner and they work from home. And I feel like that they kind of validated my feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and that just kind of made me want to, you know, what, I need to post more about this because I feel like a lot of people aren't transparent about the struggles. Like you see, like when, at least when I go on YouTube, I see a lot of people like they've already made it. Even if they only have like 10,000 subscribers or something, it looks like they have it all together. It looks like right. they know how to run their small business. Like they, they can do it all. They can right. do it all. They're like the best mom, like their house looks immaculate every time they film and like mine's a wreck in the background and whatever <laughs> else. And it's like, you know what? I want to make more like relatable content that people can be like, you know what? Like I feel the same way too, you know, like good for her for, you know, like speaking her truths and coming out about that. And I feel like a lot of people have had a really good, I've actually, I've had a lot of people message me. Um, and this has never happened before. Like usually my comments will outweigh the messages that I get back on videos. Like people go and find me on Instagram and then like DM me about the video. Mm -hmm. And this one is like one, um, you know, like I just posted this video. So like, there's not a whole lot on it yet, but I feel like a lot of people message me on it and they're like, thank you so much for po like for posting that. I felt like I was alone. I thought I was the only one that didn't have it together or people were even like, you know, wow, I thought I like you had it together. Like people that have told it's refreshing me, they to hear. From me. Yes. Right. And they like related to that. And I'm like, I was so glad to hear that so many people could relate to that. And well, and it gave it's me, just something I mean, we all it, struggle with, you know? 
and and it, I mean, you you uh, talk to something that I've been I've been starting to do, and I don't think I realized I had started to do it, but it made a lot of sense. And that's like kind of planning out your well, you you did it as kind of planning out your week, right? Yeah, and segmenting things. For me, I'm a part time, you know, I'm a part time, whatever. And so, but my weekends, I'm like, I, you know, those are really critical hours, yeah. right? Yeah. I only have a few hour, you know, a few hours each weekend if I want to still have a relationship with my girlfriend, you know, yeah. <laughs> all these other things that I can work. And I find myself, well, what I did find myself doing is I, which, I get to the end of, you know, Saturday at 4.30, which is kind of my cutoff time at uh -huh. 4.30. And I didn't get anywhere close to what I wanted to accomplish. But part of that was because I was doing three different things yeah. and not focusing on any of them. Right. And and so the, the biggest takeaway I got from your video is like, plan it out. Like, think about what, like, what do you want? To, are you going to do voiceovers? Right. And schedule that time for voiceover. Yeah. Or are you going to make, are you going to be making? Schedule that time to make, or, you know, even just schedule time to brainstorm the next project. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's when you don't have a time limit, the time expands. The project yeah. expands to fill the yes. time available. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it, Vincent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I had that. I actually had that this weekend because I had I had two projects going at the same time, and I'm like, okay, I need to get both of these done. Like, this isn't a. It'd be nice to get both of these done. To no, I need to get both of these done. So let's let's plan this out. What needs to happen on each day? Okay, by Saturday night, I want to have this done so that it spends all day Sunday drying, because what I've learned, and I learned it the hard way is you can't ship a board if it's not fully dry. <laughs> Just yeah. ask Tabitha. Oof. I was, and Jeff, both of them got boards for me that I really just wanted to get to them in a big hurry. And, you know, they were wrapped in brown paper that looked like it was, it was you know, sitting in bacon grease for an hour. <laughs> I did warn them that they were not 100% dry, but I wanted to get them out of the shop so I had room in my shop. So they knew what they were getting. But you start to plan out, like, something like planning out dry time. Like that's not something I used to do. I just didn't do it. And I'm not talking used to, didn't used to do it like two years ago. I'm talking, didn't used to do it like two months ago. Right. And now I'm really, really aware of stuff like that. And, and, and it, even if you don't hit that deadline, like even if you say, I want to get this done by the end of the night and you don't hit it. Cause I usually don't, it, it still keeps you it helps you from getting distracted from other it's a self-building to-do list right yeah. and i found i have found what works for me the best you know as far as maintaining my productivity because there are days you know i have fridays i took i changed my work schedule for the day job for those of you keeping score at home i took fridays as a work from myself day rather than you know working for my day job so i have friday saturday and half I allow myself Sunday until about five o'clock. That's my cutoff so that I can relax. I can rest a little bit and I can be ready to go to work on Monday. But I have found that the best thing that I can do is give plan a reward for myself, even if it's um, a passion project, just something I want to do. And I plan that into what I'm going to accomplish this weekend. 
but I can't start that if I'm behind on the stuff that quote needs to get done. Right. So you're using it as like a reward or like a yeah, motivation. Yeah, I reward mm-hmm. myself yeah. with passion projects. That's yeah. become my thing. That's good though. And it's that's awesome. Yeah, actually, it's that's working really... so well for me because yeah. I really I've been putting passion projects aside for so long that they're just nowhere. They're not happening. They're not moving. I'm not doing the cool things that I want to do. I'm doing cool things. I'm doing things I enjoy, but I want to do more cool things. Yeah. And I found that setting those up as rewards for accomplishing my to-do list has completely focused me on getting that to-do list to done. <laughs> right. So, and a good system also. I think a lot of people, okay, so I'm, I have to-do lists. I think everybody, you know, everybody has some kind of list, you know, I don't work well with lists. I've been trying to figure out how I do work well, but lists are not my thing. And that's why last week, my thing of the week was Milanote. And what I found is when I started using Milanote to organize my projects, my productivity shot through the ceiling because it works like I do. It's, it's, I'm a little bit scattered when I'm planning stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be planning one project and have an idea for another one. But the way this free form organizer kind of works is I can just jump from project to project and not be like moving documents and files and stuff. It's just all kind of on a board. It's like working on a big whiteboard with magnetic notes that you can stick around. And it, it, it changed everything for me. Okay. And I think that's something that people should kind of examine. If you're having trouble getting organized, maybe it's your system of organization that's not working, not you. Mm-hmm. You know, you might you could probably be organized if you found a system that kind of instead of trying to shoehorn your work into your system, find a system that works with the way you work. Because yeah. then you don't have to change the way you work. You just have to change how you account for the work you've done. I think that's a something that I'm finally doing the right way. It's something I've been doing wrong for so long. I didn't even realize I was doing it wrong. I was doing it wrong for so long. So that's awesome that you like found that though, because that's going to help you so much. And it's funny that you even mentioned that. Cause I talked about that too. Like find things that work for you. Like what may work for me may not right. work for you. You mm-hmm. know, like there's some projects that like I can have my music on as background noise or my TV show as I'm like, I'm designing on my iPad or whatever. But then like, there's some things I have to have complete silence for to concentrate on it. You know, that's just, you just have to do whatever works for you. I am the I'm the squirrel guy. I'm the <laughs> and the only thing that stops me from being that is having podcasts or audiobooks in my ears all the time. Yeah. Because I can't if I can't hear what's around me, I can focus. Mm-hmm. I don't it doesn't matter that what's going on in my ears involves some amount of engagement. It's that disengages me from everything else Uh and that Uh disengagement is what focuses me better than anything else it's i know some people really like their music and that's cool i mean if you're if music's your thing do you but for me i can't have music going because music will disengage me from the outside world and from what i'm working on i will sing i will dance and i dance (laughs) poorly but i will dance i will sing um, I have been told on many an occasion when uh, John Mellencamp is blasting in my ears that I was just as loud outside my headphones as he was in my headphones. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think the idea is you have to figure out if you're not getting things done, right? It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means right. you haven't figured out how to get things done. Right. And that doesn't mean I need to get things done faster or I need to be more efficient. Sometimes it just means you need to see how your brain 
works. It yeah. will, and, and and don't accept what works for other people. I know. Effort. I mean, I, I know that's what you're saying, exactly. but yeah. I mean, I I think back to co- like in college, right? Everyone always, you know, the the rule of thumb is if you really want to study and you want to be focused, go to the library, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, and I've talked about it before, I have I don't have the ADHD, but I have really bad ADD. And being at the library with like the quote unquote silence is not, it's not quiet at a, no, because you know what there's, there's, there's all the, there's way more noises. There's these, you know, people like shuffling, there's people opening books, there's people, all these things. And to me, that was like, my ADD went, was like beyond like i could not concentrate at all in a but quiet if, but, room like that you can hear every little everything. sound uh-huh. and, and it's so like, for me that? Vincent, if i mean it has to be the right music like mm-hmm. there's some there's some music that is you know i'm listening to but for there's other music that that having that kind of consistent sound in it wearing headphones in mm-hmm. my dorm room was way more mm-hmm. you know conducive to my um, my focusing than a quiet quote unquote quiet library exactly and so it's it, it's all it all goes to show you just you, you you have to figure out what works for you not what works for other people exactly and one of the one of the one of the ways you can figure out what works for you is by figuring out if you should be making something at all <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> this is a smooth segue um one of your recent videos i i, I t- we talked about it briefly before the show and it it I am totally convinced that everyone who's considering making, it doesn't even have to be stickers. Stickers were a really, really good example, by the way. Mm-hmm, uh, thank you. Cause I know it's something that you make anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also good because it seems to be the hot topic. Everybody wants to learn. How, I learned how to make stickers a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Like I learned the right way to make really nice stickers and I'm very happy with what I made. And after watching your video, I will never make them at scale ever. <laughs> like it's just not happening. <laughs> right. So, Erica did a video called Outsourcing versus Handmade Sticker as um, how much do I hate when YouTube cuts off titles? How much does it cost? Um, this is why, and this is why I absolutely love you. And I think you're one of the best at what you do. You took something that no one thinks about. I promise you, no one's thinking about this. <laughs> what they're thinking about when you come, when it comes to like stickers in particular, and I see this a lot is like, Oh yeah, you can take these laminating sheets and you can put it on this and you can make these great stickers and everything's great. And you can sell them for this and you'll be the next Bailey J. And everybody's very excited because they're going to go out and make a million dollars selling <laughs> stickers. Yeah. The reality is, and Erica, you broke it down so good that, you're probably, unless you are by some miracle, not, but you probably are losing money if you're making your own stickers. Yeah. At least a little bit, if not a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty close. If I, I mean, if anything, like the margins like are nothing. pennies, right? Yeah. So like a stamp could break your margins. That's how tight they yes. can get. So I have to know, I mean, I know you, you like, we, we've talked about it. You've been kind of getting into how to operate a small business correctly and mm-hmm. thinking about the things that you don't normally think about. But I almost feel like this was like speaking to me in a weird way. So I'm curious to where the inspiration for that video came and how you decided to approach it. Because I'm telling you guys, when I say it's a perfect video, it is a perfect <laughs> video. You will watch this video and go, I understand. I, yeah, Because <laughs> you, you took into account 
everything. I mean, like, you have to, when you're accounting for, you know, how much profit you're going to make, you have to account for every single cost. Mm-hmm. And you even accounted for, and I love this because you accounted for how much ink goes on a page. <laughs> and yes, that is impressive. And yeah. I was sitting there going, cause I, cause I've been doing it. Well, I kind of have to do it <laughs> now, but I've been doing it forever. And I'm like, yeah, they tell you 500 pages at, five percent oh coverage. and it's crap it's crap yeah. that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> Any printer, i don't care what you have that's a lie yeah so if you ever want to see what what five percent coverage looks like take a page <laughs> draw a hundred squares on it yeah color in five of them that's the amount they say you're covering but when you're making stickers you're not covering five right. percent of the page you're covering like 40 of the page yeah. and if you have a cricket 30 percent of a page yeah. but okay. it's 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 a cost, you know, you, you accounted for the cost of everything sheet by sheet, drop by drop. You basically had it down to the price of a sticker. Yeah. And then you compared it to, I think you did it to sticker mule. Was it? Um, sticker and mule sticker and sticker app. Those were like yeah. the top two websites that I've seen like everybody use. So those were well, the two and, that I wanted to compare. And did you, and you did it at their full price too, right? Yeah. yeah their full price. So, like it wasn't even like their discounted price. That was like, if you're ordering, like, I think I did like 500 stickers or 200 mm-hmm. stickers, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, Cause it's only worth it if you are buying like, you know, a substantial quantity, if you're only buying 20 stickers and obviously like, that's not going to be an option oh, for you, you're done. but well, no, but it, but if you buy fifty stickers at their like ridiculously stupid discount, yeah. which they do once a month, then yeah. that's but that's a whole other story. But yeah. yeah, I've thought about I've thought about that, right? And yes, that is true. That is one hundred percent true. The funny thing is, though, like okay, a hundred stickers for you know a hundred stickers, let's say a hundred dollars dollar sticker, right? It's not a bad deal. It's really not a bad deal because their stickers are very high quality. But I was thinking mm-hmm. about this, and I'm like, I and I, I I'll bring up Bailey J again because she's the one I always think of. Um, she does like, she does store drops where she'll sell 15,000 stickers. And it's like, there's no way in hell you can produce 15,000 stickers on a cricket and not lose money. And I know that's a, that's an extremely ridiculous example. Mm -hmm. I know it is, but I like that you kind of put in perspective how much it actually costs to make a sticker. Yeah. Because and remember, you, I, I don't know. I don't remember because I watched it when you dropped it. You didn't account for the time and stuff like that. Sticker Mule sends you stickers. They're die cut. They're done. You're, you, you, get, you get the stickers. They're done. Yeah. You know, you make stickers. Well, you got to package them. You got to do all the stuff. Yeah, you got to cut it out and yeah, laminate it and then wait for your cricket to cut that out, which typically takes forever. If you want it done nicely, then yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's the other thing that you talk about in pricing and stuff is – and we're all guilty of it is not valuing enough on your time. Oh God. Yes. Oh God, everyone, yes. everyone low balls themselves. And I yeah. feel like I definitely struggle with that in the beginning. Like whenever I first started totally. my small business, I basically started just making tumblers and I started selling them at craft fairs. Um, like within like the first two months of me really starting my business. Um, so I was selling a lot at craft fairs and I remember customers telling me like, wow, yours are like the cheapest I've seen. And then I remember thinking like, oh no, like that's right. That's, that's never what you want to hear. Right. Never what you want to hear. Yeah. Especially and, when they're like commending you on like how good your work is or whatever. Right. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I totally just, you know, like sold myself short. Well, I, the, the other thing about that, uh, your pricing video that I really liked and, um, and, and, uh, Jenny and Davis have done a video recently talk, sim, uh, talking about it similar, uh, having a similar message is that 
being the lowest cost price actually devalues you Mm -hmm. and 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 so and you said it but and they said it as well as like sometimes if you are priced higher you are you're valued higher and so like you should not try to try to be the lowest price by any means and you should be you should actually sometimes it's better to be the high not maybe not the highest but like close to the highest price because then then you're you're showing that you have value again this is we're talking about people like us who actually do have really quality products if you're Uh giving a junk product then that's not going to work but if you're delivering on that high quality product then price your stuff where your product deserves to be yeah and 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 people will value you know subconsciously they value you more because you're priced higher Right. Well, and you're confident in your own products, you know, right. and that, that sells itself, I think. Yeah. And the one thing that, you know, for those of you that are making your stuff and selling it, the one area that I always screw up on, and I still, I know better, I still screw up on it, but I'm getting better at it, um, is the design phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't charge for design. And that's very stupid mm-hmm. because that's time. So are you talking about like if someone custom, like, makes a custom piece so yeah well most well most of the stuff i make is custom anyway yeah so right right, right. I, uh, or it's it's something i've already made and then i'm going to customize it for them so yes. it's like stuff like designing the engrave for a cutting board or designing 100%. The engrave yeah if you're doing something custom for that person you I'm, have to build in that time i'm an idiot yeah I'm, i readily admit that <laughs> no, i'm very no, trust bad me, about I'm, this I'm, I'm the same way vincent <laughs> <And, laughs> i'll yeah. sit there because i'll tell you what it is i'll tell you what it is i like doing it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when you like doing something, you forget to charge for it. Yeah. <laughs> and and I find that like I'll sit there, like even the that cheese board that I posted, um, that the the engrave on that, it didn't take me long to do, but it took me. Eh, I figure I worked on it for about an hour just to kind of oh, nail right. in the fonts and tweak. What, what's the, your hourly wage though? Yeah, zero because right. I charged nothing for right, it. But, yeah, right. you're right. yeah, and you're totally shorting yourself. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing I will, uh, on the flip side, the devil's advocate of of all of this, and uh, give a shout out to uh, Bruce Ulrich, um, but also the We Built the Thing guys, they were talking about, they had a question similar about pricing recently. And, you know, they they had a very similar conversation. But at the end of the day, too, they said, there is a value if you're not trying to do this as a business. If you're doing this as a hobby mm-hmm. and and you just want to make it, because you enjoy making it, then that's okay. Then, then, that, then, then charge the material costs. Like if mm-hmm. you just want to make something, then do that. If mm-hmm. you're not trying to make it a business and that's okay. If, if your intention is to just cover your costs and treat it as a hobby, well, I, I, I think mean, that's an important thing for people to remember too, is like, we're not all trying to make this a business. Yeah. We we've got, I get into that trap all the time. Yeah. I, I, I readily admit that it's something I, I'm very bad at, and uh, it's it's taking me a long time, and I'm getting better at it. But recognizing the fact that I do this because I like to make money doing this, mm-hmm. like right. this is my goal is to make money doing this. And for some people, it's just I really like doing the stuff. Yeah, and I have to, I always have to temper my advice to people. Yeah, and I've gotten in the habit of saying, "Well, what is it that you want out of this?" Yeah, and let's exactly. start there. If your goal is to if your goal is to create a business or a secondary income that's going to you know carry you around, then you do need to think about it a lot differently from 
and I want to go down to my shop on the weekend and just have a little fun and make something cool. And that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything. That's the funny thing. Like a lot of people that run businesses look at people who don't and go, "Eh, you could turn that into a business. You just don't have the drive. No, it's just that that's not what they want to do. They, They didn't get into this to do that. That's right. I didn't get into this to do this. It, uh-huh. it, it it's become that, lap. right? Yeah. Right. It fell on my lap. And I'm like, I, I, I'm leaving money on the table if I don't do this. So I'm exactly. going to do this. And I ended up really liking doing this. Like when I, when I send a product off to a customer, it's my favorite thing in the world. Sunday <laughs> night, yeah. when nothing, Sunday nights are my better. shipping yeah. prep nights. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know, in my living room, I have a spot where I put all the boxes before I go to work the next day. Cause I just bring my stuff. <laughs> I started shipping stuff UPS. See, this is another thing, right? I started shipping everything UPS. Because I can just give it to the UPS guy at my office. I was like, this make that saves me a trip to UPS. It saves me downtime. It saves me everything. It's a time saver. That's, awesome. That's what I'm going to call it. It's not going to be me. It's not me being lazy. It's a time saver. <laughs> but I love Sunday nights when I, you know, I walk past the, the boxes in the living. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of customers that are going to be getting some right. cool stuff yeah. this week. That's like a pat on the back moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those are the victories. You know, the victories aren't always, oh, I got this amazing <laughs> order or this guy ordered five things. Sometimes the victory, the real victory is seven or eight orders yeah. sitting yeah. there on a Sunday night ready to get shipped Monday morning. Because yeah. that says – Two things. One, that you have customers that want what you're making. And two, that, hey, you were pretty productive this weekend. Good right. job. <laughs> right. The, the other thing I will say, though, uh, I mean, on what you were just saying, Vincent, is I, I, I find myself doing all of those, like all three of the, uh, I do think I make things and sell them for the cost because I like one, I like the person and some you know sometimes i i sell it not maybe not for cost but i sell it for less because it's something i wanted to make mm-hmm. i like well and i like the person but i will never do that for just purely for that but like i like the person and it's something i wanted to make and so for me it's it's i'm okay selling it for a reduced price because i wanted to make it yep and then but but there's also a lot of things that i won't won't do that because i don't need to make it I'm happy to make it, but I don't need to make it. And I should, you know, I should uh, require a appropriate price for it. So I think that you don't, it doesn't have to be black and white for business either, because I think sometimes when I sell something that I really wanted to make as a one-off, something I really wanted to make, um, and I sold it to the person that I, you know, I'm friends with or whatever, that sparks so much more business than it's worth it for that. Right. Does that make sense? I don't know. I mean, no, that that makes complete sense. I completely agree. So, do you have anything? So, I you, I can kind of understand where your your projects are. Are there anything? Are there any projects upcoming that you're particularly excited about? Like things that you're like, I cannot wait. Yes. To get this done, like it's it, oh, so it, fun. Yeah. I love asking this question <laughs> yeah. because whenever yeah. you ask. See, the funny thing is, with this is the one thing that, you know, I, we call them, you know, and a couple other people too. We didn't coin this phrase, but, you know, skill collectors, there's always an upcoming project that they're going to work on that they're very excited about mm-hmm. that's a little bit off the beaten path from what they typically do. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones they really like to talk about. So, what is your, if you don't mind disclosing, what is your next? big, exciting thing that you're looking forward to doing. Okay. So I have two things that both have to do with my YouTube channel. So 
number one, I'm like kind of at the point where I've been like setting money aside. So I'm like slowly upgrading my shop. Kind of like we talked about earlier, you kind of upgrade as you go. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like buying like newer equipment and getting like just updated stuff so I can like do more crafts. So I'm obviously excited, like all the crafts that are going to open with all this new stuff that I'm going to be getting. Um, like throughout the rest of this year, cause I'm kind of like spreading it out so that I'm not like overdoing it on like one equipment. I'm kind of like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like I, I, yeah, feel like yeah. I get really excited totally. about one thing and then that's like all I want to do. And then <laughs> I get burned out of that and I'm tired of that and never want to touch that again. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. I don't, I don't know, know anything yeah. about this. So I'm excited for that. And then I'm also excited for, um, not like a new project that I'm not doing any crafting with, but it's like, related to all the small business videos that I do. So typically a lot of like my small business related videos are like tips and tricks, like how to run your small business, like things that help you just run your business more smoothly or things that I've kind of learned along the way. Well, this one, I recently, like within a, it was like a month or so ago, I posted on my TikTok, I posted a YouTube short and I'm posting on my Instagram, um, a video of me, like just talking about how I really want to start buying from like, not just my followers, but mm. mainly my followers, mm-hmm. um, small business owners, whether, or even if you don't have a small business and you just like make things as a hobby or whatever, I want to buy these things from these people. And I want to do like, not reviews, like, I, cause I don't want to give them like a bad review on YouTube or anything, but like, I want to unpackage their orders because typically like the people that are following me, like they're the ones that are like wrapping, you know, their product, like so precious and like mm-hmm. they're putting all this time and effort into their you know their packaging and the packaging on top of the item yeah. itself like you know and just getting those small businesses like hopefully getting them more sales like getting them some more you know traction if people watch my videos and then you know if I obviously like give them shout outs or whatever people going to their websites or their social media and like following them and getting their um, I love that one, so, by the way. I love that you yeah, did so that. I, I think that's that. a fantastic idea. I'm so like I'm so ecstatic for it. I've already started um, ordering. I mean, I've obviously I've been like buying stuff forever, but I just started like actually <laughs> recording myself like opening up the packages that I'm getting and stuff. Um, so I'm I plan on doing them like at the end of the month. So at the end of this month, I'll like start my first episode for that. But I'm so excited to do that. I think it's that's such an a, amazing idea. Yeah. And it gives exposure. And, you know, right. we were, we've talked a lot about, you know, content creators that are also doing sales and whatever, but it gives exposure to people who are just hustling, but yes. don't really have a content creation right. presence. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. We forget that there's a lot of people like that too, that just hustle and make stuff and then you don't know about it. You know, it's the old right. joke. They're doing, they're doing the, they're doing the craft fairs and yeah. And, right. Or, or, and maybe even Etsy, but they're not, doing the Instagram and YouTube and all those things. Yeah. Right. And I, I've met so many people like they're not doing it like just to make money, but like some of them are doing it like they're raising money for something or, right, right. or like I met this one lady in particular. Um, she has a bunch of special needs children that she takes care of. And she also wants to be a foster mom. So she has to like update her house. So she like recently had to like put all this money into like her deck and like updating stuff in her house. So She's going to be like on my first episode, of course. Like, and I already told her, like, hey, I have to buy this stuff That's from awesome. you so I can like unpack it and stuff <laughs> and give amazing. you guys shout outs. But I'm like so excited for her, like, to start. And she's not even like, There's I think so she amazing wants, people. She yeah. wants to start it into a small business, but she's like just starting out. And, you know, so she, I feel like it's like the same story with everyone as far as like, you know, a lot of people have other full time jobs. Like, maybe they're not doing it full time or they have kids and they are doing it full time. But I just feel like there's just so many 
there's so much diversity and like there's so many people that have like really cool stories that like I want to buy from and support and like I want to share that with the world because I feel like there's so many people that are just getting like ignored that you know and I feel like there's so many people that I've discovered like just on like TikTok like I'm talking like teenagers like 13 Mm -hmm. 14 years old and they're like starting their small businesses and I'm like oh my god like could you imagine I started my business (laughs) when I was 13 years old like where I would be now like right it's insane so I'm just super excited for it it's amazing it's it's amazing I I, uh, I've met a ton of people on here just even like foster like foster parents Mm -hmm. and I, I just I Going back to time management, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, where I'm struggling to do this, and you're doing this, yep. and some of them put you like an shame. amazing foster parent, and yes. all the you know doing all these other things. Ugh. It's right. you know every I th- I feel like I had a conversation I won't say who with, um, and it wasn't exactly about this, but I think the concept kind of the concept kind of applies, mm-hmm. where you know he he and I were talking, and he's like, you know, I feel like I'm watching all these people. And, you know, I'm kind of staying where I am and I feel like everybody's up ahead of me and I'm trying to play catch up to all them. I said, I said, yeah, that's probably true. I said, but just remember for every person you're trying to catch that equates to a, probably a person trying to catch you because no matter where you are, there are people above you on the ladder and there are people below you on the ladder, the people, you know, and it's just, that's just the way it is. You're always going to be playing that. You know, I want to do, I want to do more. Well, you are doing more than somebody that's doing less than you, you know, right. like I always joke. And I, 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 when I talk to people at work, cause I get to work, you know, I get to work at like 11 o'clock most days. And, you know, we have, we have our little conversations when I walk in, I say hi to all my friends and we have conversations and every once in a while it'll be like, yeah, you know, one of them once cracked a joke. It's like, it's not like you get here at 11 o'clock. I was like, well, what do you think I do all morning? Like, do you think, do you, I, I asked him once, I said, do oh, you, you sleep, think? you sleep in until 10, yeah, 10, exactly. 10 15. I, I said by, by 11 o'clock when I get here, I've already worked right. a full day yeah. and then I come here and work a full day. Right. So, you know, I, I, I know that that's a level of hustle that a lot of people don't have. And I don't disrespect anyone that doesn't have that level of hustle. I know it's not normal. Right. But at the same time, there are people above me who hustle more, right? There are people who I see that do that, then come home from their day job and go back to it. Um, I don't do that. I I can't. I can't. I will burn myself out doing that. Oh, yeah. 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 But I see people doing that. And I'm like, I respect that tremendously. If you're able to accomplish, you know, what I do plus what you do, then that's pretty damn awesome. But right. I look at those people the same way he looks at the people above right. him. It's like, yeah, you guys are, you're just working harder. And right. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's not something I forget men. I can't do it physically, but even mentally, like I couldn't imagine like coming home from a day of work and then spending my last, you know, eat dinner and then spend the last three hours. I'm up going back to the work that I spent four or five hours in the morning doing before I went to work. It's like, yeah, it's, I, it's just at some point, at some point, you just got to turn it off for a few minutes and just right. take a break. And, and, and going back to, again, you got to figure out what works for you because I'm yep. the same way, Vincent. Like, uh, there's there, and I, I was this way in, I'm telling a lot of college stories tonight. You really <laughs> are. I, I know. <laughs> sorry. But, but I, like I was never an all nighter kind of person because right. I realized at like 11 o'clock at night, anything I studied after that 
<laughs> I would never like on. I, I, would, I, would, I would not retain it, and, and and it would probably make me forget the things I learned before eleven o'clock. And I just learned that about myself. And so if I if I didn't know it by eleven o'clock, I didn't know it. You know? <laughs> it's, 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 it's like it when uh, yeah. Kelly Bundy was learning all the sports facts on Married with Children, and one extra one yeah. got on her before she got out to the game show. And, you ever mm-hmm. saw that episode of Married with Children? It's one of the greatest episodes of that show. That's hilarious. I totally forgot show. about that, Vincent. But yeah, she yeah. had one. She basically the premise was she they she was kind of a blank slate. That was the running joke that she was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. packed her brain with sports facts. And Bud said before she went, out, "I was like, don't tell her anything else. If she has one more fact, something's going to fall out." And somebody said something, and she makes a look to the camera, like her eyes open wide. <laughs> and then they asked the question that she knew the answer to, but because the fact fell out of her head, she didn't <laughs> oh know. my gosh! I love that show. That show yeah. is. I know it's not appropriate for a modern audience, but it's just yeah, it's funny. pretty actually pretty horrible nowadays <laughs> if you actually horrific. watch it. But like, yeah, it's pretty horrible. But I yeah. couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. There's so many shows like that. But I couldn't imagine. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Let's um let's hit up some things of the week because I am yeah. truly excited because I screwed up real good and I told Erica I think this morning I was like hey I don't know if I mentioned it but you know we kind of do this thing I of the already week. knew about it because I've like listened to all of the episodes so oh, I knew it was nice. coming but <laughs> Erica see we do we we do research on our guests and our guests do research that's on right. us yes, that's, that's right. awesome. but hey, but I was doing my research on. You guys, I think it was like right after you sent me your first message, and I was like, okay, before it was even like set in stone, I like went and listened to all of you. I mean, I love listening to like these types of podcasts that have like other ah. small business owners and stuff. Like, I mean, you mm-hmm. not only, and I've told you earlier, like in the messages and stuff, um, whenever we first talked, but in general, just like learning things from other small business owners or other yeah. like creators in general, people that do art just like make things with their hands like you can learn so much mm-hmm. you know and things that like you didn't even know that you needed to learn you know what i mean like yep. well, and, and what and what i like about it too is that like you have to listen to it we keep coming back to whatever works for you right yeah. but you have to listen to a lot of different people because every podcast has their own opinions every yeah. maker has their own small business maker has yeah. their you know so you have to kind of listen to that and kind of filter through what what works for you so that uh, but that's awesome like that yeah. makes me so I, I happy feel like to hear. there's always like an aha moment you know like yeah. in every episode you're like oh yeah like i totally agree with that or oh i feel the same way or oh i need to start thinking about doing that for myself or whatever there's also the oh they have no idea what they're talking about yeah. <laughs> and every separate. Yeah. Well, i hope nobody ever says that listening to our guests no, 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 no. we, we handpick our guests me, very Vincent, i'm talking about me <laughs> no, so erica no, no. what is what is your thing of the week? So my thing of the week, um, I one of the new things, one of the new machines that I'm getting is a new heat press, like a bigger and better heat press. Oh, um, yes. I, so I've already, I mean, you guys have seen my videos, but like I I do a lot of like sublimation mm-hmm. projects and stuff. And I want to start posting more of that because I feel like I do a lot of trial and error and I don't actually post the videos. Um, <laughs> I like, think that's I like do, super hot right now too. Yes, but. like all those sublimation t-shirts. Like I've done like a sublimation video and I've done like, a t-shirt tutorial and like how to bleach like those really popular t-shirts that are like really they're they're insanely popular right now it's crazy um and i feel like i've been like wearing like the grunge tie-dye like bleach 
painter drip, you know, t-shirts because like that's li- literally how all my clothes look because I'm like painting and crafting all day. Um, so I feel like that was like popular, like before it was like a trend now, but anyway, so I feel it's like, more than an aesthetic. Yeah, it's, for yeah, it's, it's been like a lifestyle. Okay. But, um, so I'm upgrading that machine. And so I've been doing like a lot of research on like different like sublimation techniques and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I came across this new product, um, just a few days ago. So right now, like the bleach teas and like the paint splatter teas are like getting really big. Um, and one of the things that I have like come across is a lot of these suppliers are out of the t-shirts, um, like the soft style t-shirts that you can sublimate on. Because like if you've ever sublimated on a t-shirt, I see where, it has I to see be, where this is going. Yes, it has to be like a 65% <laughs> polyester shirt or higher. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the quality of the sublimation um picture like it just looks like crap if you don't do it on 65 percent or higher so i have found several companies that offer like 100 percent polyester shirts but they don't feel like the dry fit shirts they're like the cottony style shirts and then several of these companies started selling um, these products that you can put on these t-shirts that can a like you can put them on cotton shirts you can like spray this spray and it makes your sublimation design like pop like it would on a polyester shirt and then they also came out with like these sprinkle flake things. They mm-hmm. it almost mm-hmm. looks like have you guys seen like when people pour concrete like in garages or like workshops? Oh yeah, and or they exactly what it looks the like. little flake things. So yeah, these are like these sprinkle flake chips, and yes. you sprinkle them on your shirt, and you put your heat press on it, and uh-huh. it looks like paint splatter is all over the shirt, but it's just so like cool. the stuff that you sprinkled on it. And I'm like, oh my god, like how cool is that? So I think that's perfect for people that like can't find these soft style shirts that you can sublimate on and you have to do them on cotton shirts or whatever, you can use these on all kinds of materials. So I'm definitely going to order some of that as soon as I can find some more because like the two places that I've looked have been out of stock. So I know it's going to be like the next big thing. I'm sure. I found a spray. I found a spray and that's, I've been meaning to make a video and it's just not going to happen. So, but I found a spray (laughs) and I actually did. If you look at the, if you look at my Instagram feed, the mystery machine um, Mm -hmm. piece of wood that was done with, um, that was done with a spray. And I sublimated directly onto that and it came out great. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty damn sure. I am almost a hundred percent sure. I know exactly what that spray is made out of. Cause I smelled it and I have the components downstairs if I'm right. And one of the things <laughs> I want to try is I want to try to make that spray. Cause I'm pretty damn sure. I that know exactly. Would be what awesome. It is. Especially because like all those sublimation companies, I'm telling you, like they're going out of stock right now. Of, like everything, like 12 bucks a bottle yes. for like a travel spray spray bottle it's ridiculous and you like use like a quarter of it like when you spray an entire shirt because like it has to be like damp enough for the yeah, it has to be damp yes it, yep, so it's like you use like an entire bottle on a couple shirts and it's like oh, i'm not paying that <laughs> you right. and i you and i'll talk afterwards but i'm pretty sure i know and i'll tell you what my experiments look like but uh-huh. i i smelled it and i'm like okay i know what this is oh, okay and I'm it was really weird because i when you're <laughs> when you're a woodworker i promise you one <laughs> of the components of this you go of course, that makes perfect sense. But yep. yeah, we'll talk afterwards. I'll tell you what's in it, and then I'll tell. I'm going to try making it, but you could probably try making it too, and you might end up happy with the results. So, or I might wait for you, and you tell me exactly what you do. <laughs> is it unicorn dust? It's it's it? unicorn farts. <laughs> yeah, unicorn dust. farts. So, okay. What and Erica will will have a link to Erica's um Erica's um substrate spray and yep. mat- in the show notes when we drop the episode. Awesome. Because um, I don't even know where to start looking for the one you're using. I know the one I'm using. Mm-hmm. And I will say this with the A sub paper, 
and my Epson 2720 mm-hmm. and the Cricut Easy Press, the big one. Yep. I got really good results, except I burned the paper. That was my own fault. I ran it too hot and held it for too long. But the first try, it sublimated crystal clear. That's awesome. It's it's unbelievable how well sublimation works. It's magic. <laughs> I swear it it's- is. I, I still, I, as we talked about last week and before last week, I'm like, this is magic. I can't stop I don't talking understand about how it works. But- I can't yeah. stop talking about it. It's the coolest yeah. thing. When you see the mugs, I swear, right. when you see the mugs, your life changes forever and you never want to see vinyl on a mug ever again. Yeah, or like, vinyl like, on anything. Like, I, right, I, I exactly. want to throw all my HTV out now. I know. <laughs> I have three <laughs> drawer of it. <laughs> I have one of those rolling Sterilite um, three drawer units. Yes. I have one drawer of HTV <laughs> and I have one drawer of um, permanent vinyl. And I just want to take it all to like the garbage and, and just, just be like, no, it. I don't want to do this anymore. Like this isn't as cool. No, no. no. <laughs> of course I won't because that's just wasteful. And, and we're that's not how wasteful. the crafting industry gets you. Like they're always inventing better things. Like, <laughs> And most of it is cricket branded. So they yes! really got me. So just <laughs> put, it in, put it in that tub that you'll get to at some point. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about I put it in an envelope and just send it to you, Ethan? Okay. <laughs> Oh man! All right, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love when people are into sublimation. It's it's something I've gotten into recently, and it's Me something too. I feel like I could nerd out about for hours. I just, I'm. You've ever seen the way this works? This is so cool. <laughs> I, I literally did not know what it was until about three weeks ago. So yeah, I'm like I'm addicted to it now. I make yeah, t-shirts awesome. now, put them in like um, local stores or whatever, and sell them, and they sell like crazy. The, so the pivot, the pivot happened recently, and the pivot was. That you didn't have to buy like a Sawgrass SG550, which yeah. is like seven hundred bucks. You could buy, yeah, you could buy, yeah, right, you could yeah. buy a two hundred and fifty dollar yeah. refurbished printer, like I did, yeah. and twenty dollars worth of ink, and yeah. you're off to the races. Like you're right. good. Yeah, well, that's what I did too. Yep, I feel like that's what everyone's doing because it's like, oh, this is. I know one but, person who has that Sawgrass printer, and they are not 100% happy with it. So, yeah. I, but why would you want to spend that money? Exactly. exactly. Right. Well, I wouldn't be happy even if I liked how it worked because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to spend something for cheaper. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'll go next. Go for it. I'll go next because <laughs> I ha- this, this person just hit a major milestone on YouTube. Um, I watch a lot of graphic design channels. I know. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> you guys bet you didn't know that. Um, but one of them that I've been watching, the one I've been watching the longest, um, aside from Anne's, is um, Will Patterson. Um, guy named Will Patterson. He's in the UK. He does one of the things I love about Will. He was at in the old days. He used to design his. I say the old days, probably like <laughs> ten years ago. But let's you know, we'll call him the old days for the sake of the rest of us. He used to do um, hand lettering. And he did his logo designs in like sketchbooks. He didn't do them digitally. So he was like a, an old school artist who kind of converted to digital, but he's been a graphic designer for a really long time. And one of the crazy things about his channel is that his content is all adjacent to graphic design, logo design, branding. And, and you all know how much I love my branding, <laughs> but he, um, he talks about all this stuff on a regular basis. He does like, he has a, a segment that he does like every other week where people go into his subreddit and submit a portfolio kind of thing, like a project presentation. And he'll critique that and give Reddit gold. He has done um, challenges. He's what, what, recommend- what, who, What's his name again? Will Patterson. 
Will Patterson. Okay. Will Patterson. Um, he's the guy I found out about Milanote through, um, because he uses he uses Milanote, which is how I found out about it. I think it's the greatest piece of software I use right now. Um, all kinds oh, of great. I stuff. totally I totally know this guy. Sorry. Yeah. If you've if you've ever looked up like how to design yeah. a good logo or how yeah. to do a good how to do good graphic design, particularly his expertise is in typography. Yeah. And I know I'm not a great designer as far as graphics, but I am really good with type. I'm very, very good with type. I understand type very well. And I've learned a ton from him. Like yeah. he's just that good at what he does. He's got a fantastic channel and he just hit 500,000 subs. That's awesome. Now, when when good you think him. about such a specific niche yeah. to have that many subs yeah. tells you how good his channel is. So, well, again, though, the fact that, I mean, I'm not subscribed to him, but I like knew him mm-hmm. from the second. You, yeah. So he's great. He's, yeah, he has a great, he's awesome. he is awesome. I've, he, I've, I've watched a couple of his videos that I didn't even realize I had watched. Yeah. If you want to crash course in type and, and graphic design, he does. I like every once in a while, he'll do a, what people do wrong. He did a great <laughs> video recently on the new discord logo. And he explained why the people who say it's bad or poorly designed just don't understand what they're talking about. He 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 actually and he pointed out there are are objective reasons why complaining about this logo are wrong. It's not this isn't a subjective <laughs> thing. There are objective reasons why this new Discord logo is very good. And he oh, went I'm gonna through, watch this video as soon as it's we're done. a great video because this you know he 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 points out something that's very common among all the critics, which is. I don't like the way it looks. It doesn't feel good. It feels weird. It looks weird. No concrete explanation. Right. No understanding of what they were trying to accomplish. None of it. It's just, I don't like the way this it's feels. It's just a well, personal opinions. Yeah. yeah. And it's fine to have your personal opinions, but to state your personal opinion as yeah, a fact. Don't, don't knock down someone else like, like just to, to give say your opinion. Yeah. To say it's poorly designed. It's not. Right. Not only is it not poorly designed, it's the literal opposite of poorly designed. It's really well There's done. There's a lot of, right. Yeah, it's it's really well done. And when he breaks it down, you realize just how well done it actually is. He's a great dude. Check out his channel, Will Patterson. Um, <clears throat> you can follow him on Instagram and on YouTube. He's, he's He puts out three videos a week on YouTube, and he also puts plenty of content up on Instagram. He's definitely somebody you're going to want to follow, and I will have that link in the show notes, of course. Mr. Carter. All right. My thing of the week is, and Vincent, you're not going to be su- uh, surprised when I actually say it, but uh, one of my favorite TV shows, um, which was on PBS, but they just started their fifth season and they have migrated to YouTube is The Craftsman's Legacy. Oh. So The Craftsman's Legacy season five literally just dropped i think like three days ago three or four days ago um so the craftsman legacy and yeah so the whole season season five is all on youtube uh same exact same format if you watch the first episode it's gonna feel the exact same as it was on pbs um that slow paced that uh call me maybe uh (laughs) kind of vibe um and yeah i'm just so excited uh one because everyone knows how much I like. I love that show. I think it's such a such a great show to actually show craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 about how you know. It's about the process. It's about the the you know the passion. It's about 
where the materials come from. And it's, it's all about that versus the HGTV, you know, uh, here's the pro here's the thing. Uh, here's the manufactured problem and here's the reveal. Nothing about anything in between. Right. Um, and I love the fact that the craftsman legacy and it really focuses into why people do what it's, it's, it's like our podcast, Vincent. It's, it's like, <laughs> it, it really focuses on why people do what they do mm-hmm. and then how they do it and really focuses on the craft. And so, yeah, so the episode one dropped a couple of days ago. Um, and it's also on, uh, the, so the first episode is focusing on third, uh, third, co- yeah, third, uh, third coast craftsman. Sorry. How much uh, of it is focused on Oots though? That's all I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Oots. Oots is the greatest dog ever. Yeah. I like but, third, co- the, I like third coast craftsman. I actually he, only know him by his YouTube handle. I don't actually even know his real name, but I really like him. No, he's he's amazing, but mm-hmm. it, but I also like the fact that like yeah he's he is a Instagram uh, personality, mm-hmm. and so I also like the fact that he, he's bringing uh, Instagram you know uh, content creators into his you know his um, uh, his show and everything like that. So I'm super pumped for it. I, again, it's one episode in, so who knows? But I really really appreciate him as a as a uh you know tv show slash youtube show uh creator i think he finds really really high talent and mm-hmm. he brings out that talent and does it in a really really good way he's got a great interview style and he also like he he also gets in there and does it with them um which i think is a really cool aspect so okay. anyways I'm, I'm i'm super pumped for it i'm super pumped that he that there is a season five and that he's migrated over to youtube because i think that's awesome so he is eric gorgeous is um that book is one of my favorite books yeah. of all time yep. i love that book i love the that book, book is amazing and the show is it's it literally is one of my favorite shows of all time i would i would there are people i would sell yes i said people i would sell to have eric on this podcast like i just think he's yeah i he's you want to talk about people who are an inspiration? That dude is a freaking inspiration. And if you don't know his story, get the book. Just get yeah. the book. It's called the book is actually called The Craftsman's Legacy. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Dave Swiduck recommended the book to me. I'm almost positive he did. I'm, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm like 90% right. sure that that's where I heard about that book from. And it's just a fantastic story. His his um, overall story is just insane. I think it's in some ways it's something that a lot of people can relate to. And I won't spoil the story, but there's a, there's a lot in that book that you will go. Yep. I understand. Even if it's not exactly the same situation, you're going to understand. And he just, he lays his soul bare in that book and then talks about stuff. It's, it's a fantastic, absolutely fantastic book. And I highly recommend reading it if you haven't already, Um, especially if you're a maker, what the hell are you doing? Read the book. (laughs) He Um, he just does such a great job of, showcasing what i love about him is that he showcases the person's talents mm-hmm. and their but not only that but their story and he does it in a very like selfless way like it's just a very whatever that person does is the star and what's crazy about it is that he's a super talented craftsman oh my God, yeah. in his own right yeah, like the, sure. the motorcycles that he's made mm-hmm. over the years are just insanity 
Well, he's done know. a ton of things. I, I I can't remember if it's. I think it's with Rock. I'm I I'm sorry, but I think it's either it's Rockler or Woodcraft. But I think it's I don't know. But either one, like he's done some videos for them too, and he's done such a great like he is mm-hmm. a he is a top notch craftsman himself. Renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a Renaissance man for sure. Yeah. Cool. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm glad. Yeah, I didn't I'm even super know. Super excited for it. I just, kind of wasn't expecting there to be another season, so I, I honestly have not watched the show. I know I should. Okay. I've seen clips of the show, and I've read his book. I think his book is, like I said, his book is one of my favorite books ever. So uh, it's one of the few books I may actually – I've never gone back and reread a book except for the Harry Potter books. I might actually go back and reread this book now just because he got me thinking about how much I loved it. So Yeah, well, it, it, again, I, I think I've said it before, and I mean this in the best compliment to both of them – um, but I really, really relate, um, call me, uh, Justin, maybe's call me, maybe his video style is very oh, yeah. similar to, to the, the vibe that a craftsman's legacy portrays and uh, where it's kind of just, it's just like a really good kind of slow paced, but really like just meaningful. Yep. I, th- I think that's what it is. It's good a word. meaningful exploration about the maker and what they're trying to accomplish i love it yeah i love it all right that link will be in the show notes um i maybe i'll if i don't remember the name of the book is the same as the name of the show just yeah. go look it up yeah. that way yep um along with that i will just like to thank the people who make this show possible aside from our fantastic guests um, some of y'all actually pay for this, and we appreciate it. Believe me. Um, some of the people who pay for this are Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, aka A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from imakejake.com, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler, Bear Maked, and of course, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, who's new to the list. Welcome aboard, Greg. Welcome. Um, but you know Thank what? Let's, I got, let me throw out a plug for Greg for a second. Um, no, it wasn't Greg. I'm sorry. For Jake. <laughs> sorry. Oops. <laughs> It's okay. I'll get there. Um, Jake from imakejake.com actually has a podcast, and I am going to give him a quick plug if I can just find it in my app here. Do this is always great to do on the air. Um, the Proper <laughs> Tools podcast. It's a very good podcast. Um, I got to hear episode one, I think it was last week, and I really, really dug it. So you should definitely check it out. Along with our other good friend, Andy Pugh, mm-hmm. who this week, Andy and Jamie had someone I really loved. They had the wood engineer on, on Maker's Waffle. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Just, I haven't, just, I've not heard that yet. That's yeah, awesome. It's really good. It's really awesome. good. Um, they're, they're, they're not going to have any of us yanks on, I don't think. And that's fine. You know, <laughs> they're doing their, they're doing their UK thing. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to piss on their party. So you, you guys do you, but no, it's a great podcast. You should definitely check it out. Um, I guess that just about does it. Erica, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's this... so much fun, Erica. So let thank me ask the question. Me. This is one of my favorite questions because I always love the answer. Erica, 
Was this mm-hmm. your first podcast? This was my first podcast. Could you I tell me that wasn't that, that obvious? No, <laughs> yes. no, no. And that's what I love about it. I absolutely love it. We we have had a string, and I always talk about it. I've been talking about it a lot re- recently, but we have had a string of people whose first podcast appearance was on this show. Yeah, I've heard and, all. And it just makes me so happy that we're able to we're able to get people. First. See, Vincent, it actually makes me mad that they're that like they're that good. On their, on their first I gotta say, whoever books this show has a real nose for sniffing out interesting <laughs> guests. I don't That's know. Real that talent. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know he's really, really hot and looks really good <laughs> naked in front of a full length mirror. I'm just saying, you know, not that I not that I would know or anything, but no, I, I, I really it warms my it warms my little heart that I, I feel like we're discovering people. You are. And I don't mean discovering like, I mean, obviously you got 20,000 followers on YouTube. We didn't first discover you, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, when you're, when we're the first to have someone on, it's just that extra little warm, fuzzy feeling. It's like, yes, we had them first and we will always be the first podcast That's they right. were on. <laughs> and I will like forever remember that. And the funny thing about it is like, you guys are actually the first people, you're, you're not the first person that's asked me to be on the podcast, but you're the first person I've agreed to do a podcast. Wow. With. Whoa. Yeah, you that's guys even better. Special. Like that's so- Wow. I've had a handful of offers and I've just I just felt like it like it wasn't either a good fit or it just wasn't something that like I was like really on board with. And also like a part of it was also like, wait, me? Like you want me to be on a podcast? Like why? You know? <laughs> and I feel like I was I kinda got to the point and you messaged me at a good point and I just went and listened to, you know, like your episodes, like I said earlier, and I felt like it was a really good fit, you know? That's awesome. And I, it was, and it was, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I think our listeners are, are going to get value out of this episode. So yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's a home run. I think you're, I think you're fantastic. I think your videos are fantastic. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I've been a huge fan since the first and I am really looking forward to whatever you do next because I'm going to yeah. be there for the ride. You really do sure. great stuff and keep doing the crafting stuff and keep doing the small business stuff and helping those people out. Cause those people, you may be the person that inspires the next great small business owner to do what they're going to do because now they'll have some direction. And when you get, you're going to get that. I learned, I've learned so much myself so yeah that's there awesome you go. that's amazing you're Thank gonna you guys get so much you're gonna get that message one day and you're gonna break and it's gonna hit you hard <laughs> and then you're gonna go yeah this is why i do this even oh, if yeah. if i if five people were paying attention to me and all of them went out and did something that they wouldn't have done otherwise mm-hmm. then that's good enough and i always say that that's how we feel about this show like i'd rather have you know, 50 really engaged people than 20,000 people who just shuffle through it on 2x speed and barely listen to the whole show. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like that's that's why we do what we do. And I'm so glad that you have done all the stuff you've done and that you're going to keep doing it because it, it's needed and you're doing a great job of it. And we, we really appreciate that you're doing it because Thank yes, you. for sure. And you're you're using a big megaphone to get your message out there, and it's really awesome to see. So keep going. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's going to do it for this week, everybody. We will be back again next week. Next week, see this is the this is the upside of booking a lot of guests in advance. I know who our guest is next week. Y'all are not going to want to miss this one because this is somebody who I'm sure a lot of you heard the name once, and I can probably pinpoint the date that you heard the name the first time. But here's the thing. 
This is someone whose skill set is so crazy unique that you've never seen anyone that does what he does. I'm going to leave you with that. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Um, Look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, enjoy. Enjoy.